just his skills. Mitch is smoked deep to right center field. Rosario back, looks up. This baby's way out of here. Oscar Colas, his first triple-A home run is a 434-foot bomb. And the Charlotte Knights take an 8-7 lead here in the sixth inning. Wow, that ball was crushed. Oscar Colas made quite an impression in his first season in the minor leagues with the Sox, raking in high A, double A, and yeah, doing that in his one week in triple A. But is he ready for the big leap to the majors next season? That's the big question. And we've got a guest who's going to help us with the answer. Hey everyone, it's Chuck Garfine. It is the White Sox Talk Podcast brought to you by Wintrust. On the podcast today, I speak with Birmingham Barons manager Justin Gershley, who managed Colas for the 51 games he played in AA this past season. What did he see from Colas offensively, defensively? What kind of player can he become? And does he think he'll be ready to take over the reins in right field next season? I'll also speak with Justin about Project Birmingham, which the White Sox experimented towards the end of the season, bringing up all their top lower-level prospects at AA, Colson Montgomery, Brian Ramos, Jared Kelly, etc. We'll get his thoughts on the next wave of top prospects with the White Sox. But first, is Oscar Colas ready for the majors? That and more with Justin Gershley coming up next. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Get your Wintrust exclusive debit card. Get your socks card. Ooh, I'll take one. How much? Actually, they pay you $300. You heard right. Get a $300 bonus when you open a Wintrust socks checking account with qualifying activities. Enjoy all perks and purchase with pride every time with your Wintrust socks debit card. $300? What? I'll take $300. $300. Get your exclusive card at Wintrust.com slash socks. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly making fees. Member FDIC and equal housing under. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! That ball hit deep way back! Deep to the field! Holy cow! Carlton Press has put the White Sox ahead! Jimenez leaves the ballpark! You can put it on the board! Yes! We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, Justin Gershley, manager of the Birmingham Barons, back on the podcast. Uh, Jersh, uh, Oscar Colas was already on my radar, very much on my radar. But then Rick Hahn uh, said that he might be ready for the majors next season. So that, that really got my attention. Got a lot of people's attention. So you managed Oscar Colas this past season. What did you see from him? Yeah, he's an exciting player. Um, you know, he just brings so much to the table, um, you know, offensively, defensively. Um, he, he, he creates havoc on the base paths. Um, 
you know, obviously I think the thing that stands out the most to people are, is the big power bat um, from the left side. Um, you know, but I think he's a, I think he's a pretty good outfielder as well. And, um, you know, he can really go and get the baseball. Um, didn't see him a ton in center, saw him more so in right field. Um, and then the arm strength is there too as well. So there's a lot of things that jump off the, off the table at you um, in, in an exciting way. And, and like I said, every night, you know, he's got a chance to positively impact your ball club um, and, and in electric ways. What kind of player is he now? And, you know, what kind of player can he become eventually? That's a good question. Um, you know, like I said, I think everything that he does is electric. Um, I think when he's on the field, you know, obviously I've only seen him in Birmingham, right? But um, when he's on the field, he stands out um, in, in many different ways, right? So, um, you know, kind of like Lenny and Sosa did this, this past year um, for stretches and um, just where everything that they do is different um, in a good way, right? And um, so I think just the, the, the total package that he brings, like I said, uh, and, and the way he stands out from most players, you can tell he's got it. Um, and it's just a matter of time, obviously, before he gets there and helps us win, win games in Chicago. So, and I'm going to ask you about that in a little bit, but the learning curve, the pitch recognition, the adjustments that he has to make on a game-by-game -game basis or pitcher-by-pitcher -pitcher basis, what do you see about his ability to do that in-game adjustments or at least making the adjustments when he's in a slump or whatever it might be to figure out how I get this pitcher right here right now? Yeah, it was interesting because when he first got to us, um, he was, I mean, he was on fire. He, he was hitting everything. Obviously, you know, a lot of guys hadn't seen him uh, before. So, you know, everything that they threw, he was hammering. And, and it was just like, wow, he did it again. Wow, he did it again. I mean, it felt like every night, at least once, I was shaking hands with him coming around third base. <laughs> so obviously, as a manager, that's, that's a plus, right? But um, you know, I think, and then it, he, he went into a little bit of a stretch there where, you know, maybe a mix of, um, him getting tired down, down at the end of the season, um, you know, pitchers trying to, trying to face or trying to approach him different ways, um, you know, finding maybe a small hole here or there, whatever it may be, um, a combination of everything to where he, you know, he, he slumped a little bit, he struggled a little bit and, and things weren't, weren't coming as easily for him. So, which obviously as, as we, we know in the minor leagues, we like to see that and see how guys adapt to that and make their adjustments and, and ultimately how they come out of it. Right. So, um, and he did, he did come out of that and, and he started, started swinging the bat better uh, down the stretch the last couple of weeks there in Birmingham and, and got himself to Charlotte and, and looks like he, he continued it there as well. So, um, that I, I thought that stood out the most to me was, um, you know, those ups and downs of the of the everyday grind of the season, especially in the minor leagues. Um, you know, when your body's getting tired, your body's getting sore, you're thinking about your plans in the offseason, um, how he was going to, you know, attack that challenge. Um, and, and it was really neat to see see him go through that. Yeah, I mean, he in Birmingham slash 306, 364, 563, a 928 OPS in 51 games. He played a week in AAA, two doubles, two homers. He was mashing. That was just really encouraging to see. And he hit some one ball, I know, like 440 feet. It's more than just power with him, but that's the thing that jumps off the page. Can you remember a home run that you saw him hit that just was like a wow kind of home run? Yeah, so uh, there was one 
that that a different guy hit for us this year. Tyler Nanzloni hit a ball over the the cage in Birmingham, uh, and, and the guy working parking said it hit in the parking um, in the parking deck on in the air. So it cleared the cages, and and that was the the longest I had seen in a long, long time. Um, and lo and behold, Oscar beat that one. Uh, a little bit to the left of the cage, more towards the gap. Um, but I mean, this thing, you knew off the bat, it was a Homer, but it was so high and you knew it was going to land so far away from where we were. Um, it was one of those where it was like, all right, everybody just turn around and just watch this for a second. Nobody do anything. Let's just see where this thing lands. Um, and Oscar obviously took his time watching it as well, which everybody was fine with. Um, I don't think there was anybody in the ballpark that wasn't anxious to see where it landed. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, you see a lot of no doubters and this was, this was in, in another tier. Um, like I said, the Nesloni ball, I was like, wow. And this one, this one was even more. So it was, it was incredible. Do you know how far it was hit? Like in terms of feet? Yeah, I think it was 470 something. 470. Yeah. 470s, I think I want to say. And like 111 or 115 off the bat. Okay, that'll play in the majors. Yeah, that'll play. All right, he can he can come to the major leagues. <laughs> I've given him the green light. Uh, but yeah, I do want to uh, ask you this. So, you know, Rick Hahn, I would say surprised some people at the GM meetings when he wasn't ruling out or isn't ruling out the possibility of Colas being the White Sox starting right fielder in 2023. Here here is his quote, and then I want to get your reaction. He said, uh, we think a lot of Oscar Colas. Don't lose sight of that. It doesn't mean that there won't be external outfield additions, but I don't want him to get lost in your offseason analysis of where we are. I think the acclimation period is behind him now. Now it's just a matter of him showing he's ready and belongs in the major leagues. Now, he only had a week after you in AAA, so... What you saw of him, do you feel like he's on the doorstep of being a major league right fielder? I do. I do. I think, um, you know, I, I think there's always some adjustability there for, for any of these minor league guys um, as they as they break that door down um, to get to Chicago. But um, I do think he's, he's extremely close to helping us up there. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised one bit, right? Um, like I said earlier, you know, just everything that he does jumps out at you. And, um, you know, he, he's really got a chance to impact us in a positive way. Um, but, yeah, I, I really wouldn't be surprised um, at all. Like I said, he's just a special player all around. Um, he competes on a nightly basis. You know, he, he wants to win. He's got that will to win. Um, you can see that. And, um, you know, he's just he's got that adjustability in him to where he can make those adjustments on a daily basis to to find ways to, to get his hits. Right. If he's not driving the ball out of the ballpark every night or, you know, he doesn't have five homers in a week. Um, you look up and it's like, oh, shoot, he still had, you know, three, four doubles and seven singles or whatever it may be. Um, you know, and he's putting balls in play and, and he's giving you a chance to win every single night. What kind of person is he? He's actually, yeah. So, so obviously there's a, there's a language barrier there, right? Um, you know, he, he, he understands a little bit of English. He can speak a little bit as well. Um, but he's really funny, you know, just kind of sitting back, um, sitting back as a manager and, and kind of watching, you know, how he interacts with his teammates and like I do with everybody. Um, you know, he's always got those guys laughing, whether it's during stretch, during BP, 
Um, you know, in the middle of the game, you know, he's, he, he just brings that life and that energy, uh, whether it's in the dugout during the game, in the clubhouse before the game, in the clubhouse after the game. Uh, you know, just he, he seems to always kind of have a – he's got a great smile. You know, he just has that aura about him. Uh, when he's going good, he's he's in such a good mood, and, and I think that really um, translates to his teammates and and us as a staff as well. My little uh, interaction with him happened in spring training. I was interviewing Yoelki Cespedes, and this was you know kind of off the kind of in the area where some of the players, when they're done training, they'd come back into the clubhouse, and he saw me interviewing Yoelki, and he walked over and stood right next to Yoelki and put himself in the interview with me, knowing full well he doesn't speak much English, and actually spoke a little bit of English with me. And that just showed me a, a comfort level that he already had with his teammates, even though he'd barely been in the White Sox organization. Does that kind of sound like the Oscar Colas that you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, to my point of, of just having fun, he's got that smile, um, you know, and he will. He, he's not – he's confident. He's confident in everything that he does on the field and off the field. Um, he's, he's confident enough to, to try to speak some English. And, um, you know, I think that's a testament to who he is and, and the type of people that we want between the lines uh, wearing our uniform, obviously, of, of that competitive nature to go out there and lay it on the line and, and not be afraid to make mistakes and, and just see what happens. All right, so I found this stat, and I don't know if it was a mistake, and something tells me that it wasn't, but I want to confirm it with you to see if this sounds right to you. So he's a left-handed hitter. Against lefties in double-A, did he bat 362 with a 569 slug? Yeah, it sounds about right. His splits were actually a, a little bit reversed. Um, wow. You know, and obviously, granted, you're going to face more righties, right, on average, but but still, yeah, it was – there were some times where, you know, teams would bring in a left-hander out of the pen late in the game, you know, with runners in scoring position. And, and I'm looking down at my sheet going, okay, all right, let's do it. Cause I'm seeing, I'm seeing also seeing what the lefty gives up to left-handed hitters. Um, you know, and I'm like, all right, be careful here. Let's go though. I like it. <laughs> and I think Oscar is doing the same thing. Yeah. 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 You don't know me. You don't yeah. know my strengths. <laughs> You, you're right in my wheelhouse right now. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned his defense, and I haven't seen enough of him. I've just seen a little bit of the highlights, mostly you know the hits, the home runs, uh, good throw here and there. And I was surprised when I talked to Rick, uh, Chris Getz, and he was saying he's been playing some center field, a lot of center field, um, but with you was mostly right field. So where is he? What's his recognition as an outfielder, his comfort level? Um, you know, because the White Sox need to be better defensively, no doubt, next season. If you know, if he's playing right field as a rookie, they need him to be at least, you know, hopefully league average or more. Where did you see from him defensively? And let's just talk about right field because it seems like that would be the spot for him with the White Sox. Yeah, I thought, you know, he continues to work on his route running ability. Um, you know, again, the, the, arms, the arm strength stands out for you. Um, but he goes back really well. Um, and he also can go cover some ground towards the line as well. Um, you know, there was really nothing that stood out um, for me in a negative manner uh, about his defense and, and everything that he brought out there in right field. And, and again, he played some center field and he was just fine out there as well, too. Um, you know, but um, I think, you know, along those lines of, of being more so a right fielder, um, I'm all for it. And I think I think he's going to be just fine out there defensively. 
Yeah. So he's 24 now, but he was, he was 23 for you know, the whole season. He just recently turned 24. You look at it and you're like, he only played one season in the minor leagues and now he's ready for the majors. But there was a pandemic uh, absence where he didn't play. He was in Japan and he hadn't played enough baseball. Um, did he have to do a lot of catching up? this year and then once he caught up that's when he started to flourish or how would you kind of look at the arc and i know you only had him for 51 games but do you understand where i'm coming from and where he's coming from and what he had to do to get to the place he's at right now yeah no i think so i mean i think it'd be a better question for him obviously but um you know and and obviously with him starting winston-salem i didn't get to see that you know april through you know may uh those first couple months there but um you know, along those lines as well for all, and really for all those guys is, is, you know, the, the comfortability and, and the adapting to the American lifestyle and, you know, how our minor leagues are ran and, and, you know, some of the hotels we stay in the travel, right. And, um, obviously meeting different people, um, you know, the food, all, everything, all, all aspects of just everyday life for us, um, you know, I, I think sometimes gets lost in translation with some of these guys uh, when they first get over here because we're, we're so in tune to what they're doing between the lines. Right. But, yeah. um, you know, you sometimes got to take a step back and, and think about everything that they're going through. I want to ask you about Project Birmingham, which was, I believe, Chris Getz's idea is this experiment where you guys just called up all your top prospects from the lower levels to Birmingham for about the last month of the season to finish the season and play together. What was uh, the genesis behind this? I thought it was great. You know, it was just, uh, like you said, an idea by Chris to, um, you know, get get all these top prospects together in one spot for the last four weeks and kind of just say, hey, go do it. Go play together, um, you know, fight with each other, get between the lines with each other, get to know each other um have have some extra eyes on you here in these last four weeks you know whether it be inside our organization or outside um you know in the media and uh i i really thought it was a great experience for those guys um you know there was some newfound energy in those last four weeks of the minor league season which is which is tough to come by sometimes um but no i thought it was i thought it was great i thought you know these some of these pretty much everybody that came up there if not everybody i would say um walked away with some form of uh success right whether you know some smaller than others obviously um but i think the successes that they were able to walk away from especially the younger guys that may start in winston-salem next year i think those those successes that they had and the confidence they can build off of that are just going to be extremely monumental for you know the short term and the long term of their careers yeah, I was thinking about, I think you're maybe touching on them specifically. You have Colson Montgomery and Wes Kath. You know, these guys go make a humongous jump to Birmingham at their ages. Um, they started in Kannapolis. I looked at their numbers, so they batted in the 100s in about 13 or 14 games. But what did you see them learning despite not seeing the, you know, jumping off the page results in terms of their batting averages? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, I think I think Chris did a great job at the very beginning um, in our opening meeting with those guys and, and kind of letting them know, hey, listen, like, you know, we're going to be here for four weeks, but we do not care about the numbers that you put up um, and, and what what comes of this on paper. Right. 
Um, we, again, we just want to get you guys together, play together, get to know each other better, continue to build on your relationships. Know that this crew right here is the next coming thing for Chicago. Um, you know, so I think I think guys were able to take that step back and kind of just go through the experience. Um, but you also saw some fight, some confidence, and you know, some some times where the confidence needed to be lifted up a little bit, and 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 that's good to see, right? Because they're competitors, and that's what we want in those guys. Um, even though they're looking up at at some of these some of these arms that they're facing every night and going, oh my gosh, you know. Um, so the fact that you know they're they're getting upset with over fours and. You know, they're getting upset striking out and not driving in that runner from third or what have you. Um, you know, that was great to see because we know we got true competitors and guys that want to win and guys that want to play for their teammates. Love it. So Jose Rodriguez and Brian Ramos were both added to the White Sox 40-man roster this week, and I want to ask you about both of these guys. So I'm at spring training. I didn't know too much about Brian Ramos, but I kept saying this to myself. Who's that guy? Who is that guy? Look at that. Look at that guy. And I, I kept, I would say on Twitter, I'm like, hey, you may not know much about Brian Ramos. Trust me, watch him in 2022. And sure enough, he had a humongous season. Uh, he's more of a third baseman. He's a power hitting, power hitting third baseman. He's 20 years old, signed out of Cuba. He's now the White Sox, I think, third ranked prospect. So uh, what can you tell White Sox fans about Brian Ramos besides what I just said, just looking at him in spring training? Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head with him there. Um, you know, and again, he was one that I've only had for those four weeks. Um, you know, but he was a guy that I was begging to put in the lineup in Birmingham every night because I'm like, this guy, this guy gets after it. Um, he, he's a true competitor. Again, you know, what he's able to do on both sides of the baseball, he picks everything at third base, big, strong arm. Um, he moves well for, for his size. You know, and obviously the bat speaks for itself there, too. Um, you know, he was a guy that came into Birmingham. He was he was pretty tired. He was pretty gassed. Um, so, you know, trying to give him some breathers when he could. But, again, just the guy that you want in your lineup because you know he's going to bring it every single night. And um, he's he's got a very, very bright future ahead of him. It's interesting. You're, and I'm thinking about the human element of this whole thing. And, you know, especially the young guys, they're gassed, right? They've been playing so much baseball. And then you're like, yeah, you know what? go to Birmingham. We're going to give you a promotion and you're probably going to be overmatched, but you know what? Do it anyway. I just like that the Sox did it to these guys and trusted that, you know, and it sounds like Chris gets set the tone by saying, look, if you fail here, okay, don't take it personally, but we just want to like give you this opportunity and see what you can do with it. I, I really love that. And did Ramos look overmatched in Bur in double A or did he look like he fit the part? Not at all. Not at all. No, he fit in. He fit in extremely well. And, you know, it was funny, our last series, not to get off topic, but our last series, um, we played the team that that won our division. Um, you know, we beat them, I think, nine to two the first night. Um, Colas had a homer. Rami had a homer. You know, a bunch of guys just were driving balls in the gap. We threw the ball extremely well with some of our young guys. Um, and And their manager was like, wait a minute. What? what's going on here? Cause they kicked our butts all year long. Um, and, and we rolled in there with all the young bucks um, and, and we stomped them that first night. So it was, it was exciting. People knew what, what was going on, but they were like, wow, these guys are, these are big dudes. They're strong. They're athletic. They can play. Yes. And they're only 20. <laughs> so it was, it was truly exciting um, to sit back and watch these guys every night. All right. And then Jose Rodriguez, he's a, 
in middle infielder, second baseman, shortstop, 21 years old. He slashed uh, 283, 40, 430 uh, for you. Uh, strikeout rate, really low, 13%, and he stole 40 bases. I know he broke his handmade bone at the end of the year, but what can you tell us about Jose Rodriguez? Yeah, high motor kid, um, electric in, in, in what he does uh, with his legs, mm-hmm. what he can do at the plate, got some sneaky pop. Um, that we saw right there towards the end before he yeah. broke his hammate. Um, he hadn't shown much much pop so far that year, um, but then he he started tapping into it a little bit. I think he ended up having like six, five or six straight days with homers. Um, and, you know, a big, confident kid. But, again, what he's able to do with his legs, I think you said, what did he end up with, 40 bags? 40, yeah. Yeah, um, middle, middle of the infield defender, um, has great fast twitch ability. And like I said, he's he's a fun one to watch as well because he's electric and what he does and and the way he moves and his actions. All right, I, I could sit here all day just bringing up names for you to just you know dissect, but I got two more for you. Okay, uh, one is Jared Kelly. So second round pick in twenty twenty, he took a big leap. He was in Kannapolis as a pitcher, goes to Double A with you uh, in the Project Birmingham at twenty years old. Um, he started three games at a 4.50 ERA, 12 strikeouts and in 12 innings. You know, you throw a pitcher into that scenario. I'm like, I, I, did you know what you were going to get and how did he react to, cause I think he didn't even play in Winston-Salem, right? Didn't he go straight from Kannapolis? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's one of them that I think about a lot when I think about the, the project Birmingham, um, that kind of st- stands out to me on the mound as far as, um, you know, how he was able to adapt. His very first start, I think he ended up giving up like four four runs in the first inning, um, you know. And, and obviously, us as us us as instructors, we're we're sitting there kind of watching to see how this is going to go, right? Um, he ends up turning in. It was four four plus innings or four excuse me four innings, um, and didn't give up another run after that, and and more or less dealt. Um, so I thought that was again talking about the the success that some of these guys had and the confidence that they were able to build um is going to be extremely monumental you know for a young kid like that to come up that you know has been through all the injuries and 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 all that um to have that success and be like okay you know what i i was able to bounce back from a four spot in the first inning and give this give our club four innings um you know it was great and i thought again that that confidence that those guys were able to build is just going to be extremely extremely beneficial and Norhe Vera, he only pitched 27 innings in the minors last season because of I think it was a lat injury, but uh, he was in Birmingham as well. What did you see from him? Yeah, another good arm, um, tall, skinny kid that uh, you know, black, um, you know, and he's he's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on as well. I think he's got the stuff to get it done, um, you know, and just watch him grow up and mature. Uh, but you know, the, didn't see a ton from him, obviously, in, in, in the, the later part of the season there in, at Project Birmingham. But uh, he's certainly one to keep on your radar. Well, hey, this was great talking with you about the prospects. You know, the White Sox don't have the you know greatest of ranking for their minor league system, but uh, you see uh, some real high end uh, prospects, I think, down there in uh, Birmingham, don't you? No, for sure. I think I think I had talked to you about that uh, at spring training last year. I said, don't yeah. pay attention to that stuff because there's some guys coming. Um, you know, and I think being being in the front seat there at Project Birmingham and be able to see it every day 
um, you know, with some of these guys coming up, it was, it was extremely exciting and it's going to be exciting moving forward as well. All right. And we will see what happens with Oscar Colas. Well, I'm going to see you in spring training and definitely a lot of people's eyes will be on Oscar Colas and man, if he gets to the major leagues next season, that will be something. But as you said, you wouldn't be surprised, right? No, I wouldn't be. And, and and honestly, I think he's, he's ready for it mentally. Uh, he's, I think he's going to be disappointed if he doesn't make that team knowing Mm -hmm. him, he's got the confidence to do it and and he's ready to go. Awesome. Awesome. Justin Jershley, always great to see you and uh, much appreciation for you coming on the podcast again and, uh, enjoy hunting season in Wisconsin (laughs) and we'll see you, uh, in, uh, Arizona, Uh, hopefully, uh, Oh, it's coming. Well, it's not coming fast, but it'll us here in Chicago. We need spring training about like, I don't know, tomorrow. It's already getting cold here. All right. That's a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk podcast brought to you by Wintrust, your home for White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to the special White Sox webpage, www.wintrust.com slash Sox. Hawk Harrelson, take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk podcast is over.